It's the Something Keeper Baltimore Award. It's the Jazz and Blues podcast and radio show. It's free to subscribe and free to listen to Something Came from Baltimore. The show is a 30-minute radio show, and it can be heard on thebox.com Thursdays at 7 and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, what you're going to hear is the top five and 30-minute format. COVID-19 brought the world to a standstill. It gave artists a little time to focus on their work, step back a little, and work on some new material. And it's just flooding into the music airwaves. We are going to go from five to one of the best albums of the year. We are starting out at number five, which is Brian Jackson. The music collaborator of Gil Scott Heron has just been sitting on these tunes from the 1980s, just waiting for a music contract. And it happened this year. Brian Jackson's. This is Brian Jackson with a release date of June 6, 2022. The first solo recording in over 20 years. It's a it's beautiful butter throughout. It's a back into a soulful jazz of the 70s. Think Norman Connors, think George Benson, think the Crusaders, and think Michael Henderson. If you live through the 70s, you will know what I mean. And if you wonder what the 70s sound was like, then this album is for you. This was a fun interview, and I told him he was Elton John, and you have to listen to figure out why. It's it's number five. This is Brian Jackson by Brian Jackson. Welcome to Something Came From Baltimore. I am your host, Tom Gowker. Something Came From Baltimore is a jazz, blues, and R&B podcast and radio show. And it's not really about Baltimore. This week, we get to travel to Portland, Oregon via Zoom to speak with one half of the Gil Scott Heron slash Brian Jackson collaboration from the 70s. And obviously, it's Brian Jackson. As we speak to him about his new recording that reintroduces his musical magic to the world. The album is called This Is Brian Jackson. And this is a wonderful 70s-influenced jazz recording. After a couple spins, it's taken me back to the mid-70s. This album reminds me of amazing recordings from George Benson, The Crusaders, Michael Henderson, and the Dreamweaver himself, Gary Wright. And if you were not around in the 70s, then this album is for you. And if you were around in the 70s, then this album is for you. This is Brian Jackson will feel like home, you know, something warm and familiar. In 1971, Gil Scott Heron's second recording, Pieces of a Man, kicked off the relationship with Brian Jackson. Gil Scott Heron is the first rapper, truth teller, poet, visionary, and the father of jazz funk. The outcome from that album, the revolution will not be televised, and home is where the hatred is. And the journey began. Let's listen to a sample of one of my favorite songs of their collaboration. It's called Whitey on the Moon. A rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the Moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. I can't pay no doctor bills, but Whitey's on the moon. Ten years from now, I'll be paying still while Whitey's on the moon. You know, the man just up my rent last night, cause Whitey's on the moon. No hot water, no toilets, no lights, but Whitey's on the moon. I wonder why he's up in me, cause Whitey's on the moon. Well, I was already giving him 50 a week and now Whitey's on the moon. 
taxes taking my whole damn check. The junkies make me a nervous wreck. The price of food is going up. And as if all that crap wasn't enough, a rat done bit my sister Nell with Whitey on the moon. Her face and arms began to swell and Whitey's on the moon. Was all that money I made last year for Whitey on the moon? How come I ain't got no money here? Mm, Whitey's on the moon. You know, I just about had my bill of Whitey on the moon. I think I'll send these doctor bills, air mail special. To Whitey on the moon. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank you very much. Congratulations for releasing two amazing albums in less than two years. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that, that okay. really feels, feels really good. Yeah, I'm very proud of both of them. What, what's the the time frame between the 20 years? Were you in the music business or were you kind of stepping away from it? No, I was. I, I spent a years, uh, years between 94 and about 99. I had stepped away from it. But since then, I, you know, I've done what I could when I, when I could, uh, you know, I would get a, I'd get a gig here and there, but uh, I also did some recording with Les Nubian. I did some recording with um, Alabama three. I did some stuff with, uh, oh man, I can't, I can't remember, you know, came in, 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 in little pieces and little bits. And I, I savored you know, every chance I, I had, but uh, I was, I was a working man. I was a nine to five man for about 35 years. So it didn't allow me to do like a whole lot. Uh, I did whatever I could, you know. Before we get into musical stuff, uh, you look like you're 39, you're 69. I feel like I'm 69 sometimes, but uh, especially after the last tour, I really <laughs> felt that. But uh, yeah, no, I feel pretty young. I have two five-year-old uh, twins downstairs who you might hear occasionally. I think that helps because, you know, I've got to stay in the game. My demo is obviously 45 to 60, so they always want to know tips. Do you have any tips other than have children late in life? <laughs> That's not a tip. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, would advise that on for anybody. Now that there's no Roe versus Wade, everyone's going to be having kids all the time. Everybody's <laughs> going to be having kids way up in, you know, as far as they possibly can. <laughs> And I will laughing, but you know, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother thing, man. Um, yeah. Uh, advice. Stay alive. <laughs> that's my advice. Keep you know, moving. stay alive as long as you can. You know, I don't think, I, I don't know that uh, there are people who are insanely fastidious about their diets and all of that stuff. And, you know, they, they kick just like everybody else. So I'm not crazy about it. You know, I, I try not to, uh, I don't drink as much as I used to. You know, I don't run because my knees are bad, but I still try to walk. I don't party all night. I'm going out in clubs, you know, coming back at four or five in the morning. Um, other than that, I think, you know, to be honest with you, Thomas, I think a lot of it might have to do with, with attitude. First of all, never start to think old. Never start to think of yourself as, as old, no matter what your age, you know, because, you know, it's, it's, you know, everybody says age is, is a number. Yeah, it's a number. But, you know, if you think about that number, if you consider that number more than you need to, and never think about in terms of what you should and should not be doing at your quote unquote age, you know, we're old as we behave. Of course, I think those are, those are the things, you know, I mean, yo, we, we all will have, we all think about our impending demise as we get older, but it's not something that should limit you. You know, it's just a thought like like every other. Like, you know, what what will happen if uh, you know, if the if the if the globe heats up to to uh, 
heats up another two degrees, you know, in the next 10 years. I mean, it's the same kind of thought, you know, it's like, it's not what is what it, it's not what will happen. It's what you can do about it, you know, and, and how you can change your perspective about it. This idea of seventies, like I given your album to multiple people and who are younger and some people are my age. And I said, this is what a seventies like jazz album was like, like it has a seventies vibe to it. Um, the yeah. flute, the the synthesizers, the way it's layered is not yeah. is not current, but it's it's so effective. And I was like, I said, this is definitely a Michael Henderson, maybe a Crusaders vibe to it. And ooh, ooh. I read that your intent was to make a seventies themed record. I, not that I could do anything else, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, but I just I just didn't fight it. Let's put it that way. I didn't resist it. And it helped, I think, to work with somebody like Daniel, who is a student of, of the 70s. You know, a lot of people pay lip service to the 70s. But, you know, Daniel has actually Daniel really has a, a devotion to um, to that music and in the sense that he has internalized it. So it was a quite a natural working situation with him. You know, it became quite easy because we, we, our mindsets are, you know, pretty much pretty much the same, even though he's much younger than me. Wow, the, the first album was released. There's two versions now, which I'm I'm very grateful. The original album, this is Brian Jackson, came out May 27, 2022. Okay. The, the instrumental yeah. version just came out uh, June 24th, 2022. And it's... Yeah. It's fantastic. It gives me a little more opportunity to explain to people, okay, this is what I'm what I'm hearing from that sound. I want to go back and forth and talk about the tracks and some of them I may like play the instrumental. If we went we dialed the clock the clock back to 1978, Hold On, which is the uh, the first song on the album, would be a hit on the disco charts, the R&B charts, the pop chart, the jazz chart, the adult contemporary and I'm asking my fans uh, people who are listening to um, go onto Spotify. I and mean, you released 41 minutes over, I think, seven versions. Hold on. And it just gives you an example of the range that you were going with with this song. It's a hit. It's a disco hit. It's hot. Thank you, man. Uh-huh. Um, that was, yeah, I, I was totally um, en- enraptured by the by the people I was, I was like opening for, touring with, and, and, had studied at great length, people like Stevie and and uh, Earth, Wind and Fire, George Benson, Donny Hathaway. We had even opened for um, uh, Slave is another one. Uh, we we had opened for P Funk in in one place, and you know, obviously, all of these things were just I internalized all of them. I, you know, you, when you listen to something so much, how can it not be a part of you? And and it didn't hurt that I was right there in the middle of uh, Tonto, the original New Timbrel Orchestra, which is uh, the, the whole synth um, rig that, that Stevie Wonder recorded, all of those, those great albums like Music of My Mind and Talking Book and Fulfilling His Personality, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't hurt.
that I have on Little Orphan Boy, I wrote the instrumental version is so high. There's a keyboard bass line. Um, <laughs> Niles, Niles Rogers' guitars sound going on, and Stevie Wonder would have killed for this song. And, <laughs> and I said, it's, I said, it's so funky. There's a, there's a Brothers Johnson vibe to it also. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. is is my friend Binky Bryce and um, I've, I've known Binky since uh, since our days working with uh, with Will Downing on his albums and on the road um, in the in the late 80s um, and he's like a go he's your go-to guy if you if you want the funky guitar if you want the sound of any fun just think of any funky guitar riff between like that time period that you're talking about up to the present it's going to be Binky Bryce It's going to some, some part of it is going to have his stamp on it. And I'm, I'm happy to know him. I'm happy that, uh, you know, that, that we're still, we still work together and that we're still friends. And that really added so much to it. I, I, if you heard it without it, it's still funky, but yeah. when Binky, I mean, we're like, a, we're kind of like meshed together, like really difficult in, in that song in particular to uh, distinguish between what he's doing and what I'm doing. And to me, that is the mark of, of good music when it meshes so well. And it could have been a disco hit. one is more of like a soundscape like the song yes. mommy watsa so you take the the vocals out which are high <laughs> the whole instrumental is like a soundscape it's almost like it's quiet storm vibe it's very emotional mm, it is yeah uh, your keyboard solo is just kill and I, it's layered with synth and i almost said it feels almost like the dream that song dreamweaver for gary wright mm. it is just layered mm. it's awesome <laughs> I, I love your I love your comparisons, man. Thank you. Because <laughs> these are all people that I, you know, I respect and, and admire.
know, I was just at a Capital Jazz Festival. It's in, in D.C. Oh, yeah. My friend Al, you know, just went and bought a whole bunch of T-shirts. And he got a Gil Scott Heron T-shirt. And I, and in my mind, he is like the John Lennon where he is brilliant in many ways. And he's also, you know, a human being with a lot of flaws and, and stuff. It feels like you're the person that could tell the story. Have you felt like it's your responsibility or is that something that you feel like maybe that I'm you're you're too busy right now no it's my job it's my job and you know what the way I I get around being too busy as you put it is to include it in in my work mm-hmm. so you know so there's um I can't really discuss what I do without discussing what I did with Gil sure. you know because I, I grew up as a part of that. Um, it's, it's, it's a part of, it's such a big part of, of who I am today. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's how I get around that. You know, I, I, I try to, to stay, um, to stay true to what we try to stay true to, you know, and, and just, and just carry it from there. I, I made this corny. I may have to take it out, but I said, you know, you know, Loggins Messina was, was famous and you're definitely not Messina. Your mama don't dance and your daddy don't rock and roll. And Hall and Oates was famous. <laughs> and you're not, you're not Oates. I damn sure ain't Oates. <laughs> yeah. But- oh, okay. I was going to, I was going to go with Garfunkel. No, no, you're not Garfunkel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cooler. I mean, I might be a little cooler than Garfunkel, but yeah, yeah. cooler. You know, walking across the America was pretty cool. Oh yeah, hell yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's maybe cool. maybe actually Garfunkel might be cooler than than Paul actually. Within the sound of silence, in restless dreams I walked. You know who you are? You're Elton John. Elton John and Bernie oh. were wow. Top into the wow. lyrics. Elton did the music. The world needs to know you're out, John. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, you know, I think that the, you know, the, the time to write the narrative, if that is necessary, is to, you know, now when, when <laughs> you have the ability, you're Elton John. That's all. <laughs> I'm Elton John. Damn it. I, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I could also be Bernie, man. I, I don't. Ha- I wouldn't have a problem with either one of those guys. No, but you know, without them, you know, you, the, the thing is, when they broke up, right around the time you guys broke up, oh, there, wow. was, there was a decline. And when they got back together, it was magic again. Yeah. So obviously, you know, you're pulling from both energy sources. You know, you're both. You I know, but, yeah, it, yeah. One, one is only better with the, with uh, the other person around. There was there was always a chemistry uh, between Gil and I that uh, was evident even in the later years. Like uh, we we kind of worked together. We started uh, doing s- some gigs together uh, around '99, between '99 and, and 2000 uh, or so. And uh, it, it was every time we, we we got on stage together, that same kind of magic happened. And uh, so it was undeniable. You know, it was. A one of a kind thing that you guys were doing. Um, yeah, thank, you. thank you. I agree. <laughs> wow. 
instrumental version of Path to Makanda, these kinds of, if you want to know what the 70s jazz R&B sound was, this song instrumentally, it says everything that was great about this time period. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and that's how we let it fly. When we started this song out and just had the idea for it, nobody started this out like, okay, let's do a 70s vibe song. And But we also didn't say, well, let's kind of, let's try and keep it modern, you know, let's, let's like kind of use the, the, the ambiance of what's happening now and, and create a song. No, we just let it fly. Yeah. And uh, this is, this is how it, how it happened. And I'm always going to default to a 70s vibe, you know, because I'm 70. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, right here, this, this is the jam. So thank you, man. <laughs> Obviously, I, I love your album. If we could have dropped you back into that time period, this album would be in the top 10 right now. Well, thank you, man. I, I you know, <laughs> the interesting thing that, about that is that when I, I was going around in the, in the early 80s trying to get a deal with these, with, with these songs, and everybody was telling me, <laughs> everybody was passing, wow. passing on it. So I don't know, but I think that if it had, you know, if somebody had actually um, had the, the idea to put it out, I, I think I agree with you. I think that people would have. Um, yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, Elton John, a.k.a. Brian Jackson, the album's called <laughs> <laughs> This is Brian Jackson. There's two versions. There's a vocal and an instrumental. Both are amazing. And I thank you so much for talking to me today on something came from Baltimore. Oh, it was my pleasure, Thomas. Thanks a lot, man. I hope you enjoyed listening to the interview with Brian Jackson today. Remember that Something Keeper Baltimore is an independent podcast and radio show with really low revenue support. You can help the show in three easy steps. Step one is just listen and enjoy that podcast or radio show. Step two, and if you're not really digging this artist this week, play it anyway with a volume down or up, volume up or down, and give the show the credit that it needs that is due. If you want to help additionally, step that's step three. Subscribe to multiple platforms like iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. We're everywhere. And replay the show or replay the show with a volume down. Give us that credit. Thank you for your continued support. We are close to six years with over 350 episodes. Greetings from the Adult Music Podcast, where we talk about music for the mature mind. I'm Russ. And I'm Mike. And every week we get together in our mountain lair in Japan and discuss new classical and jazz music releases and enjoy some laughs and maybe some booze along the way. We go track by track through the albums we listen to and dig deep into the performances. We also provide you with links to the music via Spotify and Apple Music and a full episode playlist on Deezer so you can follow along. So if you're looking for the best new music to stimulate your brain and lift your spirits, join us every week on the Adult Music Podcast. Hi, jazz fans. This is the founder and host of Neon Jazz, Joe Domino. It's both a weekly radio show and interviews with musicians from all over the world, like the Netherlands, New York City, and back to Kansas City, the home of Neon Jazz, covering the rich history and modern world of jazz in a fresh way, featuring interviews with the likes of Arturo Sandoval, Sonny Rollins, Maria Schneider, and countless others. Find our weekly show on Mixcloud. Subscribe to the interviews via iTunes and YouTube. We are Neon Jazz.